Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, I'm sure you've heard about the data breach, which is causing huge concern for staff um, in Northern Ireland uh, in particular, but it would cause concern for any police force. But because of the unique forces that the officers in Northern Ireland are involved with, this is, they're particularly vulnerable. Many police officers have to lie about being a police officer just to protect their personal safety. Joining me now to tell us more is Andy George, Chief Inspector of the PSNI and President of the National Black Police Federation. Andy, you're very welcome to the show. How are you today? Yeah, no, no, I'm great. It's great to join you. Thanks very much for joining us. Would you just remind us exactly what, what, what has happened here? So there was a freedom of information request which came in um, asking for the rank breakdown of um, of staff within the, the police service of Northern Ireland. Within that freedom of information request, um, there was a spreadsheet sent across that had the raw data, which had everybody's name, surname, initial, and the area within which they worked was sent out in the public domain. It was on websites for about three hours, um, which obviously has caused a lot of fear and anxiety for those officers who, given the unique circumstances in Northern Ireland, have to conceal the fact that they are a police officer because of the ongoing terrorist threat within the province. Right, so that sounds like, it sounds like it was human error, really, is it? That's what it would appear to be. I think there are some system and process um, issues that have been looked at and picked up as well. I know there, there's an independent review going on around that as well and an investigation into how it actually happened. I've been reassured that, that um, there have been measures put in place to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Um, so the Police Service of Northern Ireland do appear to have been taking this really seriously and working really hard over the last couple of days to make sure that officers are protected right. and that this can't happen in the future. Yeah, it's still it's an incredible thing for it to have happened, isn't it? So what's the reaction like in the force? I think it's one of fear, anger and frustration really. You know, some officers coming from different communities really take a risk and, and, and put themselves out there, um, put their lives on the line almost just to be a police officer to protect communities in Northern Ireland. And I think they feel let down that whilst they have stepped forward to do what they can to, to make policing uh, you know, the best service it can be for all communities, that the police service themselves have now put them at risk, have put some um, officers in really vulnerable positions. Um, so the, the anger and frustrations there, but I think there's also that fear and anxiety about what, um, what threat they may be in. What what's what's it like? What what's day to day life uh, like being in the PS nineties? There was talk there. I mentioned of police officers um, lying about being police officers. Is that that's very typical? Is it? Yeah, no, no. That that's still a thing that happens. You know, there's there's a lot of things that happen during the troubles that have continued to, to kind of be there. Not telling family and, and loved ones what you do for a living isn't typical, but it does happen. Um, still not hanging your uniform out in the line so that your neighbours know what your profession you do, keeping blinds closed at night, um, you know, all of these kind of security precautions, checking under your car for a bomb in the morning and, uh, and things like that are day and daily um, part of a police officer's life in Northern Ireland, along with all of the, the general duties and stresses of being a police officer that most other services around the world would have to deal with as well. Right, and that hasn't gone away uh, with the Good Friday Agreement and, and 25 years uh, that have passed. Things have definitely got better. I joined in 1999, was the second last Royal Ulster Constabulary, George Cross squad, um, and seen, you know, fundamental changes in the first couple of years of my service. And, you know, we were the only police service, I think, in the world, certainly in Europe, that implemented positive discrimination. The increase of representation of Catholic officers from 8% 
in 2001 to about 32% in 2011. So things have changed. You know, the numbers of police officers in the province have went from 13,500 back then to 6,700 now. Um, we also used to have to patrol um, certain areas with the military accompanying us. We used to have to be flown into helicopter in helicopters just to deal with things like road traffic collisions and, and, and the like um, due to the terror situation. So it is, you know, a completely different society. We have moved so far, but there are some elements within society, unfortunately, that still want to target us. And we had our colleague, um, John Caldwell, shot off duty um, in February, who survived, thankfully, but it just, it's just a reminder that that threat is always there. Is it, I mean, as I said, in any police force, there will be those who want to target police officers um, and there the, will the be members of society who, who will target them and, um, and that exists right across the board. But it is heightened, as we say, in Northern Ireland and for to find and see your, your, your address going out into the... Will people think about moving or what will they do? Well, their address haven't been, hasn't been in there, but where they work has. Right. So um, their specific role has been um, identified. So you can imagine some sensitive roles within policing in Northern Ireland. Um, you know, are, um, it, there's an increased fear around that as well as the location you work and your surname and your initial... There's enough to say that, that some officers who have done what they can to conceal their their occupation are, are feeling very vulnerable at this minute in time. Right, but would they be talking, you know, thinking maybe of, God, would people change jobs over this? Would they think, if, if I can't be protected, um, I'm not staying here? I think you know, changing jobs could definitely happen. I think in the longer term, there are some officer or some potential officers that may not come forward to the, uh, see policing as a viable career given the increased threat and risk that are there. Hopefully that won't happen because it is, you know, it's a career that can be quite rewarding. It comes with its own challenges. But um, certainly I've heard of, of officers um, looking to move house and, and some haven't even had to do so, you know, kind of really quickly. Really good. My God, it's an awful situation. Um, you mentioned that you um, are the um, president of the National Black Police Federation. Are there um, ethnic minorities as well within the service? Yes, there's 41 officers um, and about 23, 24 staff from minority ethnic backgrounds. Obviously, some of them do have um, names that that are reasonably unique in Northern Ireland and that will identify them a lot easier as well. So there's an increased fear around that. But yeah, the um, race issues in, in Northern Ireland, racist hate crime has been the highest hate crime category since about 2014. So there are a number of issues as Northern Ireland transitions into a more peaceful and normalised society that we are starting to deal with that other police services in, in Great Britain and England and Wales have had to deal with for many years. So there's even more um, discrimination than ethnic minorities would experience, yeah? Yeah, no, there's definitely discrimination. We're in the process of doing a race action plan at this minute in time and we brought together just over 20 officers and staff members from minority ethnic backgrounds, around about a third of all of those within the service and every single one of them had heard a racist comment within the workplace. Some had been the victim of, of racism and discrimination in the service. So I think there's there's definitely a lot more that could be done in Northern Ireland and I think it's something that we do need to, to consider and move on as, as we move forward. Right. I did hear talk too of uh, possible legal action against the PSNI as well over this. Is that is that still a possibility? Yeah, no, it's definitely a possibility. I know the Police Federation for Northern Ireland, which represents constables, sergeants, inspectors and chief inspectors, are looking at the possibility of legal action around this. Obviously, the immediate concern is about making sure that 
our colleagues are safe, that everybody that has um, been subject to the increased threat or risks, that they're looked after and protected. But certainly in the longer term, the, the Federation are looking at options around legal um, legal right. cases being pursued. Okay. So obviously the big thing, though, is people just getting, you know, more nervous, more worried, anxiety around this. What can the PSNI do to try and relieve that at the moment or or just alleviate it a bit? Well, well, thankfully, the senior executive team, Assistant Chief Constable Chris Todd and Bobby Singleton, have been working really hard to try to get that messaging out. There's been set up a, a specific email that people can send in and a form if they think that they've been impacted by this and they're an increased threat. Each of those um, uh, forms that are put in will be individually assessed and um, measures will be put in place to react to any increased threat or risk which the service sees in line with what the officers are feeling and perceiving as well. Right. And are you happy enough with that? It, it, it's, it's all that can be done in, in the meantime. You know, I think um, we're, we're doing what we can. Um, I think, you know, it just, we just have to make sure that 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 doesn't, you know, we're not in this immediate reaction stage and it dies out. After a few days, we need to make sure that that longer-term risk is dealt with and taken care of as well. Um, because, as I said, officers may be impacted immediately, but they could also be impacted in a week or two. Right. Well, what a position to be put in. Uh, Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that's Andy George, Chief Inspector of the PSNI and President of the National Black Police Federation on that data breach, which came about from a Freedom of Information Act uh, request. Um. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.